0: Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is our Italian collection series of reviews from 88 Films looking at disc number 22. I'm your host Duncan McLeish, welcome to the show. So here we are, end of the week already and what a week it has been. This is your fifth episode this week. How I have managed to get five episodes out this week is beyond me. And yeah, it's just going to get worse next week. Um, I think, my brain is a bit sketchy, but I think there's six planned episodes next week. So yeah, I keep wanting to say five and then I think it's seven, but I think it's six. So there's one day off next week. But I'm basically here to entertain you through December. I'm going to keep you busy, keep your mind busy, so you don't have to listen to Mariah Carey play All I Want for Christmas is You for the 17th Million Time sitting there and obviously to save you from the Whampocalypse which we all know is out there last Christmas just on loop forever ladies and gents no one wants to be around when Whamageddon starts you understand what I'm saying Whamageddon is the end of us all so yeah this is uh, this is us round what a great week it's been I'm I'm having a ball uh, at the moment doing all these reviews and uh, I, I can't wait to talk about this week's one This week's one specifically is, oh, the most glorious clusterfuck I've seen in a while. So yeah, we're going to be discussing um, Massacre in Dinosaur Valley. It's this number 22 in the 88 Farms Collection. We'll be doing that after our first break. But yeah, I hope everyone's doing really well out there. This month is always a month where we just get so much shit on our plates to try and consume and get through. Um, If you're myself, you've now officially finished up from work. I'm not back in now until December the 31st, which almost feels criminal. But yeah, so I've got, I've got a couple of weeks off. Um, the call of Red, Dem- Red Dead Redemption 2 is strong. Uh, I only finally sat down and played essentially about 20 minutes of it last night. I've owned the game for like three weeks, and i put in my first 20 minutes into it. And I had to switch off because I could already feel the gaming monkeys on my shoulder going play more Duncan play more this is the game for you neglect your family who cares about podcasts and family who cares about Christmas play the game become a cowboy that's literally what the monkeys were saying to me so i was like let's switch this motherfucker off so that's what i did game went off and i will play it tomorrow when i have a lot more free time in an empty house uh so yeah uh a couple of weeks off Uh, a broad plan of podcasting leading us up to Christmas Eve when we take two weeks off and I can't fucking wait I think we have surpassed maybe I think we've uh, the output this year has almost been double what we did last year which is kind of nuts but next week is is like the piece de resistance of diversity We kick off tomorrow with the Christmas horror movie selected by you guys out there. I'll be joined by Ryan Lewis and we'll be discussing Jack Frost on Tuesday. Get your tissues at the ready. Now, it's up to you uh, uh, what you're wiping up with those tissues, but it's the baz episode, Baz's farewell episode from Podcast Under the Stairs drops on Tuesday. Wednesday is your day of rest. It's a weird day to have a day of rest, but that's your day of rest. Thursday we do movie club Deep Rising. Now I've had about five reviews in, so let's get more of them in. Let's get more of them in. Remember there is a caveat in there, uh, which will allow you to be entered in a competition. So do that. That seems like fun. And um, then on Friday we drop the Oneverse episode number one. We're splitting up into two parts. The first part is going to cover the movies directed by James Wan. The second part, which is going to come sometime between January and February next year, will cover the spin-off movies from the extended Wan-iverse. I'll Have Bo Ranz to that episode with me and Jamie J. Salmons On the Saturday, it is a banter-filled nonsense episode um, featuring Scotland versus Evil. It was a great episode to record. We recorded like almost two weeks ago, so I'm looking forward to putting that one out. It's a lot of me just asking them questions them going, Duncan, why can't your questions be short? Like maybe a sentence instead of a rambling two minute soliloquy into nothing. Um so yeah, so that's coming up on the Saturday. And then the Sunday you have a little bonus review of all the creatures we're stunning which has just made its way to Shudder. And then Monday is Christmas Eve. So you get our Christmas Eve horror commentary. Now I say i blanked it because I was gonna say Christmas Eve, Christmas Christmas horror commentary, but you guys chose Orca this year, which means there ain't no Christmas in that. So that is what's coming up then. So there we go. An action packed week ahead of you ladies and gents. We are tumbling towards the end of 2019. Um, But we've got one more of these to do before we finish off the year. So let's get into it. We're going to take a short break just now. You're going to have promos for Shows That I Love. You're going to hear the trailer for Massacre in Dinosaur Valley. That's right. That's the name of this movie. It's a cannibal movie from the 80s. What? 1985 to be precise. Let's get into this son of a bitch. So I'm going to be right back to discuss that movie right after this.
1: Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's gotta go. <laughs> that's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard or Jeffrey or Simon that's right we have four people and we always talk at once except to each other Jeffrey lives up north Simon lives across the world Richard lives in Penis, Alabama Hello This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network check out the other shows on LegionPodcast.com you can check out more Hello This is the Doom Show at HelloDoomShow.Podomatic.com or at DoomMovieThon.com Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello This Is The Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello This Is The Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. Oh god, no! Cow. Now we're gonna have every aquara in the territory down on our backs.
0: Be a son of a bitch again, you're dead. You hear me? Welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Massacre in Dinosaur Valley, disc number twenty-two in the Italian collection by Eighty-Eight Films. So yeah, we're going to get into this one. This one, um, first-time watch for me. Uh, I wasn't quite ready for this, if I'm honest. And we're going to get into why. Um, so the blurb on the Eighty-Eight Films page. Says uh, when their plane crashes in the dense Amazon jungle, anthropologist and all-round ladies man Kevin Hall, played by Michael Sopque, I think that's how you pronounce him, who we've all seen before in Blast Fighter, is left to protect a bevy of model bombshells who are along for the ride, including the gorgeous Eva, played by Suzanne Carvalho from Women in Fury, and on their journey back to civilization, they battle the harsh elements of the Amazon and clash with terrifying jungle creatures, not to mention a run-in with local slave traders. They eventually find themselves deep in cannibal territory and fighting to save their skins. Formerly known as Cannibal Holocaust Two during the VHS era, Mikel Massimo, is Tarantini's rip-roaring riot of Italian exploitation finally arrives in pristine HD and is ripe for rediscovery via the blistering new trans flare to the flesh-hungry fiends at 88 Films. Now, in terms of special features in this one, we have a Restoration 2K from the original Camera Negative. I will say that the Restoration is actually pretty crisp, quite like this one quite a bit. Uh, some of the 88 Films ones have been not of the almost the most impeccable quality but this one looks nice and fresh I, I really enjoyed that. It's got the kind of standard English version with LPCM mono audio at 88 minutes. Um, the Italian version which seems to be cut by a minute with LPCM mono audio and newly translated subtitles at 87 minutes. It has a really good documentary actually called Location Location Cannibalization. Uh, featuring Dr. Callum Waddle on can- cannibalising cultures so Callum Waddell we've mentioned him a few times in here I don't know what his relationship directly is with 88 Films I know that he's heavily involved with acquisitions um, and that's, that's kind of maybe where he's I, I was going to say that's where his speciality lies I don't know if that is the case all I know is he does quite a lot of stuff for them in the background and um, I would dare say is gearing them up for movies like this because he's you know he seems to be a bit of an expert when it comes to the Italian cannibal subgenre, and certainly in this one he is he's doing his job here with this um, this kind of twenty-minute documentary of how he, he came across movies like this and how just in general directors have, for all intents and purposes, had a tendency to pass things off uh as almost kind of a degree of cultural appropriation in the way that cultures are passed off in cinema when it's a lot of smoke and mirrors compared to who they're actually portrayed and where the movies are actually shot um so it's, it's well worth your time checking out um looking forward to seeing more of him i know he's done quite a lot of the he do, a lot of the documentary stuff 48 films and before that quite a lot of stuff for arrow uh, so yeah, it was really, really good though. Out with that deleted scenes and trailers, which, to be honest with you, at this stage, it just seems to be par for the course when it comes to 88 Films. First they giveth, with the the, the 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 you know the actual transfer itself, but they taketh away when it comes to special features. They're not always packed with the same degree. I will say though that you can currently pick this one up from anywhere between 7.99 and 9.99, so the lack of special features doesn't necessarily break the bank. Um, if what you're looking forward to it is checking out a really good cut of the film which is what we have done here so um, yeah, where to begin with this movie so I'll, I'll kind of go into a bit more detail with the, the plot then i am just talk about stuff that just made me laugh and how tonally all over the place this movie is so it really is a professor shows up um, on site in Brazil they're getting ready to go into the Amazon he shows up with his daughter into um, the hotel itself seems to be a front for some serious cockfighting as well which is kind of weird uh, and, uh, and while they're there, uh, Kevin Hall played by this Michael Sokwe, uh, he shows up and he wants to kind of tag along with him because they're going to a place called Dinosaur Valley which is of great interest to him, he's an anthropologist slash Indiana Jones ripoff, um, kind of amazing and then the documentary, Callum Waddell, actually mentioned that a lot of this is kind of based on the success of Romancing the Stone. And I kind of see that. This is not a horror movie, ladies and gents. This is an action. This is like Italian kind of action romp. Um, that just so happens to have a little bit of cannibalism and other stuff in here, like rape. Um, so, yeah. So, they all head off in a plane. So, it's them, some girls that are doing a photo shoot with our CD photographer. And uh, a guy and his alcoholic wife. The guy himself survived the Nam, and it's all I can talk about. So he's like this hardened kind of military guy who is basically reliving Nam over and over in his head. And the plane goes down in the in the jungle, and. At first it's out who can survive, how will they survive, and then they all start turning on each other, specifically the Vietnam guy who tries to take over very, very quick. He survived before. It's every man for themselves. If you listen to him, you will survive. Um, and he gets a bit leery with some of the women in a way, which made me quite uncomfortable. Uh, obviously, they run afoul a fill of some cannibals. Cannibals start picking them off, and uh, they take the women back for some sort of sacrificial ceremony. Um and of course, Kevin arrives just in time. Manages to smart the the locals, uh, saves the two women, gets them into his canoe. They manage to escape them overall, but do they not just stumble into what might be upsetting the local villagers? Of course, it's the white man. It's always the white man, ladies and gents, in these movies, um, who are doing some sort of slave trade uh, for not only enslaving people to dig for. Uh, emeralds in the mines but also at the same time shipping off women it's, it's a really weird twist in the story plot and uh, Kevin Hall takes him down before rescuing his love interest in the movie and them flying off into the sunset and that's kind of the movie synopsis in broad terms But by God, it doesn't do justice to how fucking all over the place is. So first and foremost, this is an interesting one to be lumped in the the cannibal subgenre. In uh, Callum documentary, Uh, what he says is that, you know, after Ferox, things had petered out and then they had one more run at it. And this was the first of three movies to really kick things off. So what surprised me about this is the pure lack of cannibalism in this movie we see indications of it in dead bodies tied up in the trees we see the the Vietnam vet himself have his heart pulled at his chest uh, and it in front of him but uh, to be honest in terms of impact it has less impact than a movie like Indiana Jones Temple of Doom which has a far more severe far more traumatising heart tear um but that's about the extent you see of cannibalism in this movie um the movie itself is just action set piece after action set piece with a huge degree of female nudity i mean i could not believe this is 85 at this point and uh, it's titties jingling all the time one of the best scenes in this one and this shows how shallow a human being i am it's when uh, kevin hall saves a woman and then they run away from the tribespeople. Uh, it's just jiggling boobies it's just jiggling boobies Done to the the kind the kind of pounding sounds of the soundtrack here, which sounds scarily f- f- familiar. I think this is Fabio Frizzi as well, and I think this might be a rehash, if not the same version of the the soundtrack he did on Blast Fighter. So it's just that playing over and over again as these two women run with their jiggling boobies. It did make me very 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 happy, but like I say, I am a man, I am flawed, I recognise it on this show. But there, yeah, it's not just tits as bush. Ton of bush in this movie. Um, there's lesbianism, there's rape, there's just full out sex. So this is like one of these like kinda this is what they want, give the people what they want. This is exploitation cinema at its finest. Somewhere in all of this so this tribe people have embraced this idea of Dinosaur Valley. And one of the best bits in the movie, and I kind of feel like the we wait too long to get into it, and we don't spend enough time. And at all, as I'm conjuring up their, their god, I think, who's really just a guy wearing a, it looks like a stegosaurus or a triceratops skull on his head, which couldn't be right because that would crush him with the weight. But with this weird plastic, and it's terrible effects here, plastic dinosaur claw hand, uh, which made me laugh a whole hell of a lot. Um, I just kept thinking about Jim Carrey. And lie alive. So the claw, the claw's coming to get you. Look at you're scared of the claw. You're scared of the claw. The claw. I just kept thinking about that when I watched it. It made me laugh to levels that I probably shouldn't have. Um, but yeah, I, when it comes to this movie, I was talking about things that made me laugh. So, jiggling pitties aside, I mean, some of the dialogue in this is horrendous, and the fight scenes. Awful. I mean we're we're talking about like 1950s style fight scenes here, you know, a punch is about maybe a meter away from someone but they get hit, a gun goes off, and then 10 seconds later someone pretends to be shot and fall falls over. a um, couple of couple of bits that were terrible in tone but made me laugh is like Kevin Hall saves the sl- the sleeves at this camp, sends them on away, the run, save yourselves but sends them basically into the hands of an armed militia group who gun them down. And then we find that that's actually part of his plan is to get them to run back because he's set up all these uh, sticks of dynamite which he uses to blow up the militia. Whilst also at the same time using his now girlfriend, or soon to be girlfriend, as bait hanging from a cage while she gets shot at. It's, It's surprisingly... It's surprisingly careless, and at the same time, it made me wonder... And I think, once again, this is mentioned in the documentary, and rightly so, this is a movie that doesn't really have any likeable character at all. Everyone is pretty reprehensible and out for themselves, and borderline slightly mad. Um, we have a professor who is who dies kind of early in the movie, but his daughter becomes the love interest in this movie. But... Um, with a professor, what you have is uh, Kevin Hall comes in and basically spies on his daughter in the shower being caught and the dad just brushes it off because he flatters him about how many books he's read and the dad's cool with that and that's fucking weird. You know, she's like, oh, well, I don't think this guy should go on the plane because, you know, he has seen me naked and I'm like, yeah, that's that's a, that's a an alright thing to say, Missy's daughter of a professor and he goes, oh, but he's read all my books and I'm like, what father would say... That no father would ever fucking say that. It's all very kind of blase and brushed off, and a weird kind of well, men will be men sort of thing. And I'm no, I'm, I'm not wanting to lean into the kind of sociopolitical political aspect of 2018 when dissecting a movie from '85, which was made by you know Italy. But those m- moments now in movies do make me raise a quizzical eyebrow and think, was it always just presumed that this was okay? Maybe it was. Definitely not now. So you've got that as well. Um, I think some of the set pieces in this movie are a lot of fun. I think that's the thing that I come down on. As a cannibal movie, I think it fails wholeheartedly. It's not a great example of uh, the cannibal subgenre at all. Um, It's moved so far away from it, it, it's kind of funny. It is at times poking fun at those movies, but in a way which almost feels accidental. I would be surprised um, uh, if Mikel Tarantini was actually... Conscious of what he was doing or whether or not this was just incidental and actually quite apt, but I, yeah, I don't think that's the case here at all. I think what you actually get in this movie is this idea of we're going to do, um, you know, this kind of in the Stones sort of Indiana Jones-esque sort of rip-off, but we'll not get financing for that so maybe we'll get financing if we put some cannibal stuff in there but it's going to be the bare minimum and it's going to be all the stuff that you've seen before but kind of watered down and people will be all right with that and i think that's where the movie falls for me it definitely feels fun in places at other points it kind of feels troublesome um it zips along at quite a quick pace it's about an hour and a half it feels like an hour long movie to be honest with you um I think there are some some scenes of animal kind of cruelty or animal death. I don't know to what extent all that is actually accurate, if that is animals really dying or if they've at this point changed it. If it is, it's minimal and the camera hides it well. Not that I'm saying that that gives it justification to be in the movie because it doesn't. But at the same time, I would flip on that and say that if it isn't, then they actually did it quite cleverly. Um, I think as well, there are certain scenes which work surprisingly cheesy that I now have seen ripped off in other movies. One in particular with a piranha that gnaws at a leg. um, Which, if you've seen something like Piranha 3D, which we've already discussed this month, weirdly enough, uh, the effect is very, very, very similar. Um, What made me laugh about that scene is it appears to be one solitary piranha that has done all this damage, which doesn't make sense. And two, if this was an infested area, Full of piranha. Well, they are happy to not only throw a body back in there, which is bleeding, which would just attract them, and there doesn't appear to be any action after that, but are two quote-unquote heroes, maybe, jumping and have a fight in the same piranha-infested water with no trouble at all. So... Like there's a scene in the movie where someone gets attacked by leeches, but no one else does, and they've all went through the same area. Um, the the Vietnam guy very quickly abandons his wife in quicksand. He um, said, so "Yeah, there's really no nice character in this movie at all, and it makes it quite difficult for the kind of tongue-in-cheek cheek a team ending that this has with the one line of the wink at the screen and the, the you know the the helicopter flies. In fact, this movie finishes with one." terrible 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 joke one-liner joke um and it almost feels like a wink at the audience and i don't know if the movie itself justifies that so when talking about it it's a weird one to talk about the score like i say seems like the blast fighter score just reused and i think it probably is from the limited research i could find out about i think this is just a a reused fabio frizzy score so that's not great Uh, and it says maybe a lot about where we are in 85 and where budgets are in 85 that we don't have the money to be shelling out on all these different projects anymore and things are starting to wind down in Italian cinema so that's fair Um, I think as well what what you have is like ropey dialogue um, some sketchy characters just in general, the effects are still handled quite well, the gore effects are done really well actually, so you have that aspect which I think works, but yeah, it's, it's a weird one. I, I would be lying if I didn't say that I had fun watching it. I totally had a blast watching this movie. But it is not a good movie and I recognise that it's not a good movie. So when it comes to grading, it kind of puts me in a bind here because I want to see that I want to score it higher because of how much fun I had with the movie. But I'm going to be realistic. This is a three star movie. I liked it. Um, my experiences while watching it felt like I really liked it but realistically when it finished I liked it, which is surprising I thought it looked really cheesy, what I will say and it kind of upsets me a little bit is the cover art for this is fucking amazing and had this movie given me everything in the cover art I would have been over the moon but sadly the giant crocodile is actually a tiny crocodile the kind of vulture-esque pterodactyl-like creature is not really that and um, what they did get right is there's a whole lot of Tata on display lots of boobies lots of jiggling boobies in this movie and that makes me happy it's 3 out of 5 for Massacre in Dinosaur Valley I would say check it out I would say if you've got an hour and a half to kill I believe now I think you should always buy where possible it is available on YouTube if you can't be bothered buying but for 9 99 this is worth checking out with a group of friends if you're a cannibal genre complete us check out if you're one of those I have not seen these this Italian movie before sort of complete us person if that I don't know if that's a person but let's see if you are let's say you're getting into Italian stuff this is probably worthwhile jumping on it would probably double really well with Blast Fighter. weirdly enough you could probably have the two of them back to back and have a ton of fun with them just following Michael Sopsky's um, journey from kind of futuristic not futuristic kind of Rambo deer hunter sort of guy through to indiana jones-esque romancing the stone sort of did it's weird but it would work It it would be a very fun combo of movies that you could get through in three hours so why not do that right we're going to take a short break when i come back i'm closing out the show and i'm doing it right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been the 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews looking at this number 22, Massacre in Dinosaur Valley from 1985, directed by Michele Massimo Tarantini. Uh, Yeah, coming up in the new year, because this is the last one for the year. Believe it or not, we got through 22 fucking movies this year. That's kinda incredible and knowing that we did one every two weeks, that means that we've been doing this series for 48 weeks out of 52. So that's kind of amazing. Well done, folks, for joining me. Hopefully you've been going through these movies. I know my good buddy Andy Clark has been. He always does with these ones. And we will continue this freight train right into 2019. Uh, the first episode will come out, let me think, it'll be the end of the first week of January. And we'll be looking at disc number 23, which is Animaga. Animaga. Animigma. anigma. Enigma. I can't pronounce it because uh, there's an EE and that throws me. I think it's Enigma, so let's just go with that one. Um, directed by our buddy, it makes me happy to say it again, Lucio Fulci. Lucio, how much I love you. When I think of you, my heart goes Fulci. Um, that's a terrible thing to say. But uh, yeah, Lucio Fulci is returning back with Enigma. Um, this one, cannot fucking wait to watch it. Uh, I've not seen this one either. It was originally on a list of things to do for uh, the Side Podcast Chronicle and we never got that far with it. Season 3 looks like it's doomed to never happen. Uh, but this was listed in it because I'd never seen it before. So let's see what it says on the blog on the page. It says when a group of popular kids at St Mary's College play a cruel plank on an unattractive school weirdo, Kathy, they leave the poor girl in a permanent coma. When beautiful new girl Eva, played by Lara Lambretti from Blade in the Dark, arrives at the school she's given Cathy's old room and it isn't long before strange occurrences are afoot and bodies are piling up. Cathy has possessed Eva and is using her as her pawn in her quest for bloody revenge. From the godfather of gore, Lucio Filci, comes a gross out classic that features some of the, mo- the Maestro's most memorable late career set pieces, including a grotesque death by snail scene that, once seen, can never be unseen. Rediscover this underrated gem today as Enigma makes his HD debut from a beautiful new 2K master commissioned by your friends at 88 Films. Now, excited about this one because we have some shit. On this this bitches we have a restored 2k from the original camera negative we have English LPCM mono audio we have Italian LPCM mono audio with newly translated subtitles and we have Enigma Filci in the 80s feature-length documentary looking at the twilight period of Lucio Filci's legendary career featuring interviews with Claudio Fragrasso, Antonio Biddo, Michelle De Angelis massimo antonio galleghi eh, antonio tentori and more it's 77 minutes long which means that is a whole lot of masturbation for me um original trailer also has the italian opening titles and closing credits can't fucking wait for this one and that one will be coming up real soon on the podcast under the stairs but like i said at the start of this episode tons of content coming your way ladies and gents we are closing out this week of five episodes we are jumping into a new week of six episodes and then one episode the following week before we take a little break for two weeks over the christmas and new year period i hope you're digging the content we are putting in out there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs as always i say come across and check us out on apple podcasts subscribe to the feed that way you get the shows as and when they drop an access to the entire back catalogue of tea parts content do not stop there leave us a rating and a review ratings are super important five stars for example the more of them we get the higher up that iTunes charts were pushed for new listeners to come across and find the show reviews are the best way to support what we're doing under the stairs it really, really is, I can't stress it enough. It takes seconds for you to do. It means the world to us. It promotes the show in a way where people can see what you think of it and you never know, they might have the same disposition as you and want to come across and check out what we're doing as well. You can check us out at Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play and the TuneIn app. Still working on that Spotify, still working on Spotify. We'll get there, ladies and gents. We will get there. Come across to our website, it's teaputzcast.com. You can click the merch tab there or go we'll direct to our merch page, which is teaputzcast.bigcartel.com. And over there, you can experience the joy of owning a podcast under the stairs t-shirt or maybe a little enamel pin. All that money comes back to support what we do under the stairs. It gives you something kind of cool as well. I'm all about trading your cash for goods and that cash helping us. So that's the way it works. So It's almost like capitalism gone right. I'm just saying Just saying um, You can also check out the show On our social medias We have two pages on Facebook We have a group page Which is a community page Where people chat Interact Post things they're watching Post things about the show What they're looking forward to Memes, polls You name it It's all over there It's uh, facebook.com Forward slash Groups Forward slash t cast If you're not interested in that All you want to know Is when the shows are dropping And maybe see the occasional Live stream or two Join our Facebook page you can check out the Thirsty Thursdays, it's connected to our Instagram, etc, etc. That's facebook.com forward slash tputzcast. Nice, simple and easy. You can interact with us at the twin prongs of social media sexiness, which is Instagram and is Twitter. Both can be followed at tputzcast as well. So there we go. That is us closing out this rather maniacal, strange, bizarre and often fun week of podcasting. Thank you very much for supporting the show. Thank you very much for everything that you do and you know everything that you're doing out there. It really is making this year become the most incredible year ever. Not only did we surpass my original expectations, but my revised expectations have also come and gone as well. I think this year is going to be huge for this podcast and something we're going to use to build on to with momentum and gusto into 2019 as well. So thank you very much for that out there. We have a week and a day Left of podcasts under the stairs in the year of our Lord 2018. So gear yourself up for shenanigans, for fun, for banter, and all that and more. Wherever you are, whatever the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I am signing off.